Welcome to Security Stories, where we're going to discuss the good, the bad, and the lies that come with being a security guard. Warning, this episode is likely to have inappropriate language and discussions involving violence. Welcome to our 42nd episode of Security Stories and our 14th episode of Video Review, where once again we'll be looking at some videos about security guards, loss prevention, and what have you, and seeing how they can do better or how they've completely failed. But before we get down to it, I'd like to thank our listeners from the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, Ireland, Brazil, India, Malaysia, Singapore, Morocco, Trinidad, and Tobago. Thank you for listening. San Joaquin Valley's watching me yeah, right now. I saw that. Holy shit. San Joaquin Valley's on here, dude. About an hour and a half already. Hey, San Joaquin Valley. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of an update, we, like I said, we are here at the Bernalillo County building on Silver Avenue out here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right, guys, we have a video from a newer channel called Albuquerque Audit. He's out of New Mexico. You guys are not going to believe how the security guard acts, and the things that he says is a little disturbing, folks. Presumed authority will turn into unbridled power if you don't check it right away. Check out this video. All right, guys, just so you can see, AOP security. This is not PD. I'm not on the property. This is a this is a public access. The property ends. The property ends right here at the sidewalk. This is not this is not private property. So it looks like we have another First Amendment audit. Uh, the auditor, it's a little difficult to tell with the camera angle, but the auditor appears to be on the road or an easement. Uh, it does not appear to be actually on the private property. Uh, it is a public access entrance, not a road, but the entrance to a private property. Uh, so based on where he's standing, I would believe to him to be on public property, not private. Uh, so security can observe, watch, etc., but it does not look like he is on private property, at least from the camera angle we're seeing here. And who are you? Uh, ask you first. You're private security. You don't have to tell me, but I'm just gonna ask who you are. I'll get you right there. Oh no, nope, it says advanced security. Yeah, it's Yeah, I was trying to get your name. If you're gonna sit here and tell me that I'm on private property, I wanna know who's telling me I'm on private property because you obviously don't understand the city zoning. You do? I do. What does it say? The city zoning ends right here at the public egress. This is all a public egress. This is all a public access. So if, regardless if it's private property or not, I have a right to be here. Oh, that one you don't. I do. On private property? No, I don't have a right to be on private property. That's why I haven't gone on private property. Okay. But this being a public access way and this being a public egress, I have the right to walk by and walk right here. As long as I'm not blocking traffic, I'm perfectly fine. Which you're doing right now. is fairly confident sometimes you get it maybe the guy's new or they just haven't figured out you know how they're going to verbalize everything Uh, but the recorder is very confident in his speech Uh, the security guard is about to do a typical 
uh, tactic you'll see of people who are being recorded pull out their phone and start recording. But they do it in such an obvious, generic, like, way, and it's kind of pointless. You know, like, hey, it's good, it's good to get a photo. It really is good to get video of the person you're dealing with. But as reactionary as this is, you can tell he's just kind of being petty about it. At least that's the impression I get. If one of my guards were to act like this, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you doing it this way? And regardless, whatever. Two things, folks. First things first, this is called a cam back. You get a better angle and a better view if you turn the phone horizontally. All right, second thing. Isn't the security guard now guilty of doing what he called the cops on the man for? Rules are for thee, not for me. Do as I say, not as I do. Or Kind of, yes, sort of. So you can have rules on your private property that says... Uh, no public recording on private property. However, you as an agent of the property owner are allowed to record for the purpose of reporting those things to the property owner, to the property manager, your supervisor, what have you, as a part of your job. Uh, so you might enforce something on private property that says, hey, don't do this, but you're allowed to do it yourself. Yeah, it is a rule for the not for me instance in the case of private property. Is this still part of that presumed authority that this uh, servant thinks he has over the people? Security guards are not servants. He's not a servant of the people. He's a security guard. Okay, he's not a cop. He's not a soldier. All right, he's not a public entity. Do not confuse security guards with law enforcement. They're not. Oh, you take my picture. I'm just going to get you taking a picture of me. Well, you have to move your camera. No, I don't. You can take a picture of my camera right here. <laughs> You're creating an issue for no reason. Hey, just keep in mind he has a gun on his hip. Just so you know, sir, because I'm not going to call you an officer because you're not, um, when the sidewalk goes by, it goes right here. So I would like... Uh, in the pauses, what you're seeing, or sorry, what you're hearing is someone else reviewing the recorder. Uh, so the recorder is saying, I'm not going to call your officer because you're not. Now, you might be titled security officer for as an official job or you know, for your title for employment, uh, but you are not a law enforcement officer. And there's other jobs that do this. Like you might be a dock officer, a loading officer. You are someone who is in charge of a task or of a certain role, a certain position. And so they give you that title officer, but it shouldn't be confused with law enforcement officer. Security officer and law enforcement officer are two different things. Don't expect people to call you officer. It's confusing. Just don't expect them to do it. They might call you security guard. They might call you watchman mall cop, whatever, however insulting or lazy, you know, however they want to be, let it roll off you. You're not, even if your title says officer, you know, people are not going to view you as an officer because there are law enforcement officers. You are a security guard. We understand that. security guard is now trying to record inside of the security vehicle that the guy has. Uh, he'll likely make a reference to no expectation of privacy in public. Now, as long as he didn't go on the private property to do this, I can't tell from the camera angle if he did or did not. Uh, but so long as he did not, he's good to go. Uh, the security guard is not likely to take kindly to it. No computer, no nothing. So it looks like it's a bought a a patrol vehicle from the PD. Okay. They're getting closer to that vehicle. What are you going to do? 
I'm gonna shove you away from the vehicle. And, I, and I will put, I'll put you right back. Don't, don't put, tell me you're gonna put your hands on me. I will do what I can see from the public eye. What I can see from the public eye, I can record. You put yourself on public property. You're on public property. I can record inside any vehicle on public property. If you threaten to put your hands on me, I promise you, it will not go your way. I promise you, I'm carrying just like you, bud. I'm, I'm carrying just like you, and it will not be a good idea. It will not be a good idea. You're on public property. You are not on private property at the time we are speaking. I suggest you go on private property and say that, not on public. I have the right to defend myself. I have the right to defend myself just like anybody else. I suggest you back off. I suggest you back off now before you enter your company into a, a, a litigation. Yeah, you can make fun of me all you want. I'm very agitated right now. I suggest you back off. I'll record again. I'll record again. There you go. You can do that. I said don't go in the vehicle. There you go. I'm not going in the vehicle. I didn't even come close to going in the vehicle. Bye-bye. That's far enough. Don't come any closer to me. You see this light right here? Don't come any closer to me, man. Cross over on our property or on the side of the curb. It's a public egress, sir. The sidewalk? The sidewalk goes right here. It is not. It is. You guys don't own the company. Curia does not own the sidewalk. The city does. No, we're paying for the sidewalk. No, you're not. You can't. You don't own the sidewalk. I do. I know what I'm doing. Curia is paying for the sidewalk. Is Curia a public building? Then they can't pay for the sidewalk. The sidewalk is owned by the city because it's a public right-of-way. You cannot stop me from walking on a sidewalk. Because guess what? If I walk in the street, it is called a pedestrian, uh, uh, pedestrian whatchamacallit. I can't remember the name of it right now. You can, hey, you can laugh all you want. No, I'm telling you that. And I'm telling you, you, you are wrong. And I'm telling you, regardless of Curia pays for the sidewalk, it's still a public right-of-way. And it still gives me access to walk on the sidewalk. So you can't take that from me. You can't push me into the street because guess what happens? You put my life in danger because I might get hit by you. No, if you put me into the side, if you tell me to get off the sidewalk into the street because Curia owns the sidewalk, guess what that does? That puts my life in danger because I might get hit by a car. So that's why you can't tell me to get off the sidewalk. It's a public access right away. You cannot tell me I cannot be on the sidewalk. You don't own the street. You don't own the sidewalk. All you do is own up to the sidewalk. You may own this. You, they may own this. I don't know specifically. I didn't do my research on that. But I know damn well you guys don't own the sidewalk. Nobody does. But you're like right on the edge, you know that. Yeah, that's my point. Okay, see this line right there? The sidewalk ends right here, sir. See that wood? Mm -hmm. If you're going to be that petty, that's fine. We'll fight it. I'm pretty sure no officer is going to sit here and arrest me for being right there at the edge of the sidewalk. No, you're wrong. If you're going to count the sidewalk as a property, you've already crossed that line. Again, public right away. I am right now, right now, I am in a public right-of-way. Oh, you're saying the driveway. Yes, there is a public right-of-way. Explain yourself a little bit better before you make the arguments. Well, you're telling me Piscuria owns the sidewalk. I'm telling you they paid for it. They can pay for anything they want, but it's still a public right-of-way. You cannot tell me I can't be on it. You're going round and round and round. We're talking who owns it, right-of-way, whatever. You're calling. You don't cross into this line over here. I'm not that stupid. I'm not here to do that. I'm a private journalist creating content for a story, and I'm not going to go on private property because it's not public. I'm not that stupid. I know what I'm doing. And just like you, just like you, just so you know, just so you know, you having those emergency lights on on public property, you're, you're constituting it as public, uh, or you're constituting it as uh, emergency lighting, so vehicles can go around you or stop not running to you. Constituting it as emergency Yeah, if I was driving down the street and I seen your car parked right there and I seen those lights, I would stop and go around it because it's constituting, it's constituting as a emergency lighting. Okay, just like you see the highway trucks. You're talking about if you're coming out from behind. Yep. But would you pull over for a truck like that? No, I would go around it. No, if it was behind you, it no, because I know I don't have to. You have them running on the back, not the front.
seems like everybody wants to have presumed authority now, even security officers. Why is that, folks? The reason being is because many of you don't know your rights. So you let everybody trample on them as you go about your day. Recently, I've been watching a prank channel, and I know it has nothing to do with this. But there's a video that I saw where the dude is walking up with the walkie-talkie. And he's acting like he's talking to a supervisor over the radio. And when he walked up to a police officer and started telling him he had to leave the store because he was on duty, even the police officer thought that he was under the impression of an authority figure. Is it that easy, folks, where you can just grab a radio and walk up to somebody and tell them what to do? Or maybe even put on a uniform like a security guard and tell people they have to go across the street or whatnot? This is called presumed authority, folks. If you do not check presumed authority immediately, it will turn into unbridled power. And if you're the kind of person that lets everybody walk all over you, you're a beta, plain and simple. It's about time you become alphas. Yeah, it's going off into whatever. But when you are engaging with people on your property, you need to actually be aware. And I know we've gone over this multiple, multiple times. You need to be aware of what's actually your perimeter. And you need to be aware of what sidewalks are, public egresses, public access, just because it's on the edge of your property doesn't mean it's your property. This does create challenges when you are working security. It absolutely creates challenges. You can have someone sitting on the edge of your property and there's not anything you can do about it. And it's going to piss off the property manager. It's going to piss off your supervisor. And because they're on public property, there's nothing you can do other than record it and maybe be inconvenient for them in some form of way without crossing certain lines. And it's just something you have to deal with. Now, when they come on to private property, that's a whole other thing. Hey, you're on private property. What you're doing is not welcome on this property. Please leave. And if they don't, you escalate it from there. But once they're on public property, they're on public property. It's a whole different thing. And a lot of security guards aren't taught how to handle issues as it relates to private versus public property, public recording, public free speech, right? You're not on private property. There, there's a reason some companies will hire security to go around and remove solicitors from private property. They don't want people espousing political views, what have you, maybe religious views, what have you on their property because it's their property. They only want certain actions and that's their right as it's their property. But if they go to the sidewalk and they start espousing those same beliefs or views or whatever they're trying to do, just because they're in front of your property doesn't make them on your property. And that's something a lot of property managers and owners and even security guards have an issue with. They want to project kind of their authority over what's actually theirs. And there is a use to this. It doesn't mean you can always get away with it. Uh, it doesn't even mean you have the authority to do it, but you might project a false sense of authority because it gets someone away from the property that you don't want there. Now, this could be a panhandler, this could be a tweaker, known shoplifters, what have you. You deal with it once they come onto the property. Now, if they're off the property, yeah, by all means, record from a distance. But don't make yourself look like an ass in front of the property and don't bring a fight off of the property onto public property. Keep all your actions on private property. Unless for some reason you have a reason to pursue, like they've already committed a crime. Maybe they broke into a vehicle and took something and you're pursuing to get a good photo. Maybe to get a license plate, something like that. that that's different than what we're talking about here. So restrict your actions to your actual property. If they're being a nuisance, file your report. Just notate they're on public property. Cannot intervene. That's it. It's really as simple as that. And, you know, it might make some people angry, but you're not a cop. And they might not be breaking the law. If they're just standing there with a camera, what about that breaks the law? Nothing. They're in public. They can record anything they can see. People might not like it, but it's lawful. And that's all there is to it. Sir, 
What the hell is going on here? What you doing? I'm telling you, leave now. So, looks like another First Amendment audit, um, but it appears to be cut. Uh, so we're probably not getting the full information here. Uh, security guard comes out, projects his voice, and what the hell's going on here? Security guard also has his phone up before he even encounters the person recording. Not a bad way to go. Um, a body camera might be better, uh, but having your phone already recording, not a bad way to go. If you don't have a body cam, good on you already entering the situation, gathering it, you know, video. Um, done that many times might not have a body cam available or the body cam might be uh, utilized in other means uh, for example you might utilize the body cam to attach it to the interior of the vehicle maybe you're using it as a dash cam um, so you use your patrol phone or your personal phone to record additional angles sometimes you use a phone mount and go in recording so that you can have your hands free to drive or to interact with people uh, sometimes you'll leave both in the vehicle. You know, maybe you'll have your uh, body camera mounted and recording one angle while the phone is mounted and recording another angle so that you can get pictures of the entire incident. Always good to go in re uh, recording before you actually get to the incident. Turn your camera on, hit record before you even get there. I'm telling you no, sir. I will slap on your face. You slap on my face, I I'll have care. a lawsuit. I, What's your name? What's your name? You just threatened to slap him. What's your name? My name? Your boss. I'm I slap you on my face. I fucking dare you. I fucking dare Security guard says, I'll slap you on your face, motherfucker. You punk little bitch. Fucking assholes. Okay, don't do it. Don't do it, brother. This guy just kicked him. He just kicked him. I'm gonna spray this guy. Security guard attempted some form of really bad-looking martial arts. Um, got knocked on the ground. One of the recorders says he's gonna spray him. So the security guard completely lost control of the situation. Uh, you could just hear him in the background, where's my phone? He lost his phone in the physical scuffle that he ended up in. They're not going to help him find his phone. I, you know, I'm not sure. And unfortunately, this is cut. There's, it's cut multiple times. So we have no idea of the background information for this. Um, but just on the short interaction we can see, security lost control of the situation. Lost control of his emotions. Uh, became physically aggressive when it wasn't necessary. So just fail on his part. If you're working security, people are going to talk shit to you. People are going to say all kinds of things. That's okay. That's not your problem. They're clearly having more issues than you are at the moment. Just let it roll off you. here caught on camera inside a medical clinic in buffalo new york a man with an assault rifle storms in fires a shot the clinic security guard jumps into action pouncing on the gunman they struggle for control of that high-powered weapon i would be lying to you if i was to say to you that i was not scared for my life and the first thing that flashed over my brain was my baby boy who just turned three years old i had him and i had the rifle I was just saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that's when he turned back and he had stopped fighting for a while. And that's when the other security guard was coming down the stairs. Both security guards were then able to shove the gunman through the clinic door and out into the sidewalk. They were then able to get control of that AR-15 assault rifle and hold the man until police got there. No word on what he was doing in that building. Hello, I'm Mark. I think I've seen this video before. Uh, great work for that security guard. Uh, prior to the security guard tackling the individual, uh, he did walk into the clinic. 
It does appear to be an AR platform style rifle. He did discharge the weapon. Uh, you can see that a round uh, is discharged. It goes into the wall. Uh, you can see smoke from the muzzle. Uh, so immediately proceeds to tackle uh, the guy into the wall. Other security comes in. They push the guy out. They tackle him to the ground and they secure him before law enforcement get there. Great work. Amazing work. They should be proud of that. Um, we're getting into a little outside of it. Uh, news anchors, high-powered assault rifle. That that's a whole lot of. You can you can basically just tell when someone in the media doesn't know anything about guns. Uh, so yes, it is an AR platform. It's not high-powered. It's 5.56 millimeter or 223 caliber. That is a an effectively very well not very small, but it is effectively a small cartridge. It's a small bullet that just has quite a bit of gunpowder behind it. It's not large. It's not very powerful. But we're, get, we're getting into ballistics, effectively. Um, it's not assault. It's Well, we don't know that it wasn't automatic or three-round burst. But we can presume, because those are incredibly difficult to get a hold of unless you stole one from a police department or the military, you're not likely to have an automatic AR platform or a three-round burst AR platform. You're going to have a semi-automatic three uh, AR platform, so that would not make that an assault weapon. Uh, some people classify it still as such. I don't. To me, it just does not meet that definition of an assault weapon. But that's a long discussion. It's a completely different area of the topic that we're covering. So all I can say uh, when it comes to firearms, uh, don't let politicians and media be your mouthpiece. Maybe pick up a book. Maybe go and study it yourself. Use a little bit of your own critical thinking. Start looking at definitions. Start looking at functionality and mechanics. And make your own decisions. You know, come to your own conclusions. Don't let somebody else who is also uneducated about it speak for you. Just, you know, become self-educated on the issue, I should say. And it's important for you, actually, as security, uh, to understand what certain guns look like and what their functionality is. Uh, because you might end up working armed security someday. Maybe not. But it's also important if you ever come across an assailant who has one of these weapons. Maybe some sort of suspect has, you know, maybe a revolver. But if you don't know what a revolver is, or how to identify one, maybe you say something to the cops that doesn't make sense. Or maybe they have a shotgun, but you misconstrue it as a rifle. And that's not going to help them find the suspect. They're looking for somebody with a rifle or what have you. Now, of course, you could be very generic and say, well, they had a gun and it was a long gun or it was a handgun. And you can be very generic about it. Uh, but you are there you know, as security to be the best witness that you can be. You're there to attempt to be calm, collected, and just gathering that information for law enforcement. Whereas, you know, maybe the cashier is panicking and can't get details right. You're supposed to get that, those details right. And a lot of, a lot of security companies are not going to educate you on it. You know, what, what to do in a active shooter situation. How do you identify certain things? And we've gone over in the past about how to identify persons. That when you start staring, you start seeing you know, gray sweat, uh, sweatshirt, blue jeans, and they're wearing a black beanie or fleece cap with a red, you know, school-style backpack, as opposed to, say, a military-style backpack or rucksack, something like that. You know, you start to learn to identify, were they wearing sneakers or running shoes, or were they wearing boots? It's going to be the same thing with a firearm. Okay, they had a handgun. What kind of, you know, maybe you can't identify the model, but you can identify, hey, it was black, it was semi-automatic, or it looked like stainless steel, and it was a revolver. You can give them something a little more to go on, or, oh, they had a shotgun, and the stock was wooden, 
or the stock was black, so maybe it was composite. You can learn some of these things. They did have a rifle. It was a bolt action, or it was a semi-automatic rifle. Or, you know, in case of the AR, it appeared to be an AR-style rifle. You might not know what model it is. You might not know that it's an AR-15 or, you know, a Ruger AR-556 or whatever other rifles out there. May, you know, maybe a PSA-15, etc., etc. You might not know the exact model or brand, but you can say, well, it was an AR style. Or, oh, it was a rifle, but it was bolt action, and it had a wooden stock. So, it's part of, even if you don't end up getting into firearms as maybe a hunter, or as a marksman, or as a collector... Or what, what have you, what, whatever your reasons are, self-defense, whatever your reason is for getting a firearm or not getting one, you should at least know what they are, what they look like, and what functionality they are, especially if you're doing security, because then you can identify something that you see. And maybe you're going to be able to identify, well, that's not a real gun, that's a BB gun, the better you get at it. You don't have to be interested in it as a sport, as a hobby, as a way of hunting life or self-defense. You just are knowledgeable about it because it's part of your job. And maybe you want to be aware or educated on the issue. Maybe it helps you out. Maybe it helps you better understand what you're witnessing, what you're observing. So, yeah, don't let uh, don't let fear mongers kind of be your mouthpiece. Pick up a book. Google it. Learn yourself. Your company's not going to do it for you. Job sites that might have an active shooter training, they'll give you a little sheet. Oh, here's a suspect sheet. Circle this, cross out this, write in what color the shirt was. It's better than nothing, but you really need to do some work on your own time. That might sound kind of unfair, but it's really good for just you and your personal knowledge for your own edification. For this kind of looks like something out of a, a sci-fi movie, right? It's a new security robot out at the Park Central Complex near Central and Thomas. Parker, they call it. It has some pretty cool capabilities. Take a look. In case you're wondering, I'm a security robot. Nice to see you here. Parker, the robot, has been patrolling Park Central. So this looks like a uh, night scope uh, security robot, security droid, uh, whatever you want to call it. I think I've covered... Uh, no, I have. I, I Even on the first episode... Uh, and when we were talking about security tools, or uh, tools of the trade, um, robotic security, drone security, that, that had come up. Uh, security companies are starting to look into robotics and drones uh, to kind of cover other avenues. Um, some consider it a so uh, cost-saving measure. Uh, rather than having an actual person, you can have a robot. Um, others consider it a good tool. Uh, some people like it, some people don't. Uh, they have had issues in some areas. Even like the little food uh, delivery drones um, have been vandalized in certain cities. And they do not get the same level of respect or apprehension that a person will. A person will defend themselves. Uh, these robots don't. Once they're tipped over, they're pretty easy to vandalize. Um, what they are great at is photos, video, and audio recording. Um, some get real set up real well for parking lots to record license plates. And they can take amazing quality uh, video and pictures. So they're great for gathering information. Uh, how I would use them would be as a tool to augment a physical patrol. You need to actually have that physical person. Uh, it's, it's kind of like talking to a recording on the phone, right? People don't like it. How quick do they get frustrated to go, I just want to talk to a live person, an actual person. It's going to be the same thing with this. So it'll be a great tool to use for certain properties and to gather information. Um, it should not be something that replaces security. 
Uh, but it is a very interesting technology. I encourage uh, people who are working in security to look into it, to at least understand it, understand what it's capable of, what it does, what it looks like. Um, it's not something smaller uh, security companies are likely going to use. Uh, so you'll probably see this with your larger security companies, maybe Allied, Securitas. Uh, in this case, this one is Transcend uh, Security Solutions. I am somewhat familiar with them. Um, it, it's not been good, what I've heard. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. For about 30 days now. He's patrolling the entire campus, and he's giving everyone this sense of security in the most innovative, high-tech, and fun way imaginable. From apartments to restaurants and offices, as well as Creighton University's health science campus, Parker makes sure everything and everyone stays safe. He never stops working. He's 24-7. He does that completely autonomously, so operates similar to a, a Roomba. Parker has a lot of different tools helping real-life security guards keep tabs on what's going on. Let's us know that, hey, there's something here. You need to take a look at this. We can pause the robot. We can sit and watch and observe. We do that through our security operations center remotely. It's got two-way communication as well. So if there is somebody that we need to address or an issue that we need to identify, we can talk through the robot. Parker has thermal detection sensors and can alert security if a fire breaks out. There's even a license plate reader to help patrol the parking lot. He's got 360 degree vision, so constantly broadcasting on four different cameras all around the property or all around the, the robot. He's got LIDAR detection uh, so he can sense objects and movement. Make sure he doesn't run into any obstacles. Standing about five feet tall, 300 pounds, he's already attracting quite a fan base. Parker is very popular here. We're finding out that he is a favorite for selfies. Everyone who's coming to Park Central seems to want to get their photograph taken with Parker. And while this community loves him, his real purpose is making sure everything around him keeps running smoothly. Okay, so that was the Nightscope uh, security drone robot uh, being used by Transcend Security. And there's other places that are using these, and there's different models of them too. Uh, there's a small, that was like they said, it was five feet tall. There's a smaller version that's a couple feet, and that one's meant for like office buildings and like inside a mall. Uh, this one can do exterior, so this is like an exterior mall or plaza. Uh, Looked like a school campus, possibly. They mentioned a college in there. So that'd be great for outside sidewalks. There's a smaller one that's better for indoors. And there's an even bigger one uh, that's better for more all-terrain. So definitely something outdoors, maybe a construction site or maybe the perimeter of a large corporate plaza. You know, something that's going to have dirt, rocks, gravel, what have you. Um, as for Transcend itself, the issue I had been made aware of by other guards I've talked to uh, was that they were having pay issues. Uh, employees' checks were bouncing. Uh, they weren't getting paid on time. Uh, employees uh, who had gotten paid had had the check bounced, and the money that was in their account that they had just used to pay bills, now they have a negative uh, balance in their bank account. And then they were still expecting employees to show up to work with their POVs, their personal vehicles, when they had no money in their account. So they couldn't buy gas, they couldn't buy food. And it's like, well, hey, you still gotta show up to work. And it's like, after our paycheck bounced. Um, they do have some negative reviews on like Google and a few other places, uh, Indeed. And they all link to that. Uh, this was an issue that started a couple of years ago. Um, so I don't know if they've rectified the issue since then. And this video is a couple of years old too. Uh, positives. Uh, they always had like good uniforms that you didn't have to pay for. Um, everything was logoed, everything. Like you could even get like a company uh, lunchbox. They had company golf carts, like security carts. Uh, they even had all-terrain security carts, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so it's like a golf cart, but it's larger. It's got more features, lights. Maybe I think one of them had like amber. Someone was showing me a picture of that. Um, and they had like all-terrain tires on them. So normally you know, your golf cart's good for grass and parking lots and things like that. And this one could go off of that onto gravel, onto other terrain. And I was like, you know, you have a lot of interesting equipment, uh, which is very good. 
but it seemed like they were having a huge pay issue for a while. Um, they lost a lot of employees uh, who then turned to Google and whatnot to leave negative reviews. Uh, if they're still in, I don't know if they're, you know, they're probably still in business. Yeah, let's just uh, Google them up real quick. Okay, yeah, they are still in business. Uh, they're still open, at least that's what the listing is. Uh, let's take a look at some of the reviews. Because it's always, it's always good for, you know, security guards to know, hey, what company am I working for? What's going on? Um, check your own reviews on your own company. You know, maybe a little eye-opening to see what complaints people are saying or what good things people are saying. Some, you know, some of the reviews, they're not always negative. Sometimes you're going to see some positive stuff. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, so some of these are two, three years old, and those are the negative ones. Maybe they've improved since then, but avoid at all cost. They continually screw up their payroll for direct deposit and require their employees to go into the office to pick up checks or have them mailed out to their homes delaying when they get paid, which, as security, doesn't get paid a lot, places their bills at risk of not being paid on time. Update. February 2020. Talked with an employee whose paycheck bounced and apparently rushed a supervisor over to get him a new check when he complained about it. Update. Another payroll delay. They're blaming their payroll company and are handwriting checks. Update. Employees have been getting insufficient funds notifications from their banks when they try to cash paychecks. Update. They're supposed to pay their employees on Thursday, but because they don't have direct deposit anymore, they have to give their employees paper checks. This is fine, except when an employee can't pick it up, they mail it to their house, which would also be fine if they mailed it on Tuesday so they could receive it Thursday. Instead, they mail it by close of business on Thursday, so if the employee is lucky, they receive it Saturday, which screws them over because the bank won't deposit it until Monday to Tuesday the next week because they're closed on Sundays. Or, if they're unlucky, they receive it in the mail on Monday, further delaying it. Damn, that, that's pretty rough on as a review. Uh, right now, they're rocking 3.2 on the stars. Uh, last time I checked with them, they were like at 1 point something or 2 point something. Uh, so maybe they've gone up since then. Uh, let's see. They'll blame you and write you up for... What is that? Uh, for things out of your control for what others had done. No responsibility and accountability is held with this company. The lack of communication is absolutely ridiculous. Between SOC, that's a security operations center, managers, supervisors, and owners of the company, there's a major gap of professionalism. I've never, I was never terminated, nor did I ever quit from this company. As I said before, the communication is absolutely terrible. I got tired of making phone calls to work and no one ever responded back to me, so I gave up. NFC tags are an absolute nuisance. Oh, yeah, that that's a... I can't remember if we've ever touched up on that. I hate NFC tags. Um, so NFC chat tags, like NFC... Or, so if you work security, sometimes you'll get a device, a little handheld device, or sometimes it'll be an application on your phone. And you'll be asked to go around and scan a little node. So these nodes are NFC tags. And they have a little chip in them that has a little bit of information, like a GPS coordinate. Uh, maybe it'll say something like, you know, hallway one, or it'll give you the building or even address. And when utilized in security, and they, they can be used for other things too, but utilized in security, it's just to confirm that you were at that location. So this is a little bit of an older technology. Some companies use GPS tracking now. Um, you basically walk around, or if you have a card or what have you, drive around, and your job is to find, locate these NFC tags and scan them. And this will either be with a little device or with an application on your phone. But some companies or some clients have gone completely overboard with it. Like some, basically what it is is to keep the security guard honest, right? To make sure you didn't fall asleep on shift, that every hour you have to scan so many tags or you have to scan certain tags, or all the tags. And that's usually fine when you put them in strategic locations where it's like, we wanna make sure the guard actually checked this spot because we're having issues in this spot. So put the NFC tag in that spot. Okay, sure, not a problem, makes sense. 
And you know, your average property could have anywhere from, you know, depending on size, five to 50. And 50 sounds like a lot, right? And I've seen some properties that are so saturated with NFC tags, we're talking 100, 200, up to 300 tags. And some of the properties aren't large. They just like, they literally put an NFC tag like on every light pole or on every pillar, every corner, near certain, like every major entrance door, every single one. And I can understand heavy traffic ones or problem issue ones, that's fine. It's a useful tool, especially for new security guards as like a training tool. Like, hey, you're brand new to this site. We're gonna put you on the NFC tag patrol until you until we're confident that you know what you're doing here. And I've seen some companies do that where they will utilize NFC tags or GPS tracking to ensure that the guard actually hits all the hotspots for training purposes. And then once they feel that they're actually good, that they're fine, they can do whatever they need to on their own, they don't enforce it as much anymore because security isn't just walking around in a circle and places that are oversaturated with NFC tags keep you walking in a circle. There was one I worked in a construction site where they put NFC tags. It was a temporary measure to ensure that the security guards were checking all the corners and whatnot. Well, the funny thing was it's an ongoing construction site. So some of the NFC tags would not be able to be scanned because the construction workers would have you know, an NFC tag on one pillar one day, and then the wall would be built up the next day. And then you can't get to that tag. In that construction site, it was an apartment complex. I guarantee there are still NFC tags trapped inside walls somewhere that they never were able to recover. Those construction workers worked quick, very, very quick. But they also utilized some other technology and it was a solar powered generator or elect, you know, plug-in operated three, uh, 360 camera, right? And it would activate based on motion, but it was also connected to a person at a security operations center, weirdly enough, in a different state, completely different state, but whatever. Hey, that's the power you know, of technology. And because I was on this NFC tag hunt, I didn't hear I didn't notice, I didn't see this person who had gotten onto the property. But you know what did was that camera. It detected the motion and it notified the person sitting at a desk to check the cameras. So they did. And they called me because I had a sight phone. And they said, hey, there's a person over here. And I'm like, a person where? Like, and of course the person who's operating the camera doesn't know the current layout of the apartment that's being built. They don't know what floors are good, what, what's what. They just were able to give me a direction and then all of a sudden they lost their feed. Well, this one wasn't running on a generator and it hadn't built up enough solar energy so they had plugged it in using an extension cord. And the guy had unplugged the extension cord to the security camera because one thing they can do with that particular setup is it flashes red and blue lights. I don't know if that's 100% good but at the very least, it makes people like, oh crap, I shouldn't be here. And I later found out that's why he unplugged it was the red and blue lights and he freaked out and unplugged it. But they also turned on the red and blue lights when I showed up and I'm like, there I am in a fully dressed security uniform and they use the speaker to tell me that I'm on private property. And I waved at them and tugged at my jacket pointing at the little security badge on the jacket. And I'm like, hey, turned around so they could see security on my jacket. And then I'm sitting there on the phone just staring at it, at the camera, while I'm trying to talk to them. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Hi, dumbass. But it's not really that guy's fault. Is They get told to watch X number of properties, and they don't know the people on the property. They just know they saw motion. They don't know who's supposed to be there, who's not. It's the same as like a reactionary security contract. They don't know who's supposed to be there. They're there for a few days, maybe a week or two. They don't know the property, they don't know the people. So they go to what's generic security? What makes me look like I'm doing my job? It's not a slight against them, it's just what they have to deal with. It's not their fault that they don't know the property. They're just given a contract and said, hey, guess what? We're watching this place for a week. 
Um, we don't know anything about it. It's a construction site. It's an apartment complex. Look for something suspicious. And that's what they're told. But anyway, looping back to NFC tags with this comment, NFC tags are an absolute nuisance. Yes, they are. Uh-huh. They distract you from your surroundings and doing your job. Passing bystanders watch upon you and steal them off the walls or wherever they are placed. They get destroyed very easily. This is true. NFC tags are supposed to be placed in conspicuous places, some place you're not going to notice easily. They usually be on the side of a door frame or, you know, hidden on the underside of like an electrical box. They're not supposed to be seen easily. Now, the ones for Transcend, the picture here is showing they decided to put their logo on the NFC tags. It's not great if you're trying to hide the damn thing. But they wanted guards to also be able to see them because in some places it's dark. Or, and I've seen this with other companies too. Transcend's not the only one to put their logo on an NFC tag. But it's supposed to be white, gray, small, out of the way. And they put their, they, they have theirs, it's like this bright blue color with their logo on it. And it's super visible. And so, of course, if people see security going and messing with something, people who shouldn't be there, people who just want to fuck with the security guard, are going to go and rip those NFC tags down. And they do. They're up and down. I found them on the ground crushed. Like someone took a pair of pliers to them. And it's it's funny. And also kind of sad. Because then they get mad. Well, hey, why didn't you scan this? And it's like, I found the NFC tag broken. I submitted a report. And... Not everyone reads those reports. You, even if you're submitting paper reports or electronic reports, not everybody reads your reports. Just is what it is. Sucks. Uh, but continuing on, there is absolutely no training at all for any site you are placed at. They just throw you out there and expect you to learn on your own. Pay is also garbage. I've worked for a few companies where you don't know the site. And if they train you, maybe they train you for a couple hours. Hey, show up uh, right at the, like an hour before the next shift ends and they'll teach you what they know about the site. It's not enough training. I've also been dumped on a site and we've covered that in a previous episode about, you know, what do you do when you get on a site you've never known before? You know, you gotta locate your standard operating procedures and then you just fall on basic security knowledge and what are your red flags? It sucks, but it is what it is. There we got another one here. This looks like from not a security guard or an employee, but a complainant. The terrible company ever. Their security guards think themselves as a police officer. Covered that before. You're not a cop. I pulled over my car in an area where doesn't block the road or cause any problem for two minutes. While I was sitting in the car, one of the security guards stick sticker on my vehicle's window and there wasn't any communication, and they were like not listening and make fun of you. Okay. I spent my 45 minutes to take that sticker off and ruin my day. Shady people. And the guy shows a picture of a parking sticker. I would take that complaint with a grain of salt. Um, people are usually not happy when you're doing parking enforcement, uh, besides the fact that it's badly written. Um, it could be that the security guard was an asshole or it could just be he's pissed off he got a parking sticker on his car I, hard to say with stuff like that mm. very positive review say it is a very good say it okay very good company has great communication with clients thanks for say it and transcend I don't know but, yeah, from what I've heard in the past... Uh, oh, here we go. Glassdoor says 2.2 on ratings. In her site says a 2.3. Looks like that is a site that reviews things for women. Or women are the reviewers. A lot of the reviews are mid to low, which are things like... You know, how's diversity, employer responsiveness, how is electronic communication, uh, opportunities for advancement, etc., etc., and it's all mid to low, uh, which you'll find is quite common uh, with larger security companies. 
I recall Transcend being um, a larger company. Not as large as, say, like Allied or Securitas, but larger than most regular security companies, employee-wise. My shift is over. I love this bright lighting here. So real quick, I'm gonna show you guys um, my plate carrier and my duty belt, what I'm using for this unarmed job here at the 55 plus community. So let's not prolong the time. Let's go ahead and get right into it, guys. Here's my plate carrier up close. The crazy thing, guys, this client actually requested for me to wear the executive protection uh, patch. So, hey, it is what it is. Obviously, I have my company patch here as well. That will happen. Uh, sometimes clients will request specific uniform items. I know one client that actually paid for a security company to, hire, or to buy red polo shirts. Traditionally, they would wear blue or yellow. Yellow would be like you know, 90% of their events. And then blue would be for certain events, for especially if they were trying to contrast with certain colors and what have you. But their traditional colors would be yellow as the security polo. You'll see that in a lot of places, uh, particularly if they're like event security or if they work nights and they want people to be able to see the guard, like wear a yellow shirt. Okay. Um, they paid for them to do red shirts and red blazers. And they wanted that company, but they wanted them to wear a red polo because it matched whatever their aesthetics were, their theme, their everything for their building. They wanted it to be red, to look like they were part of the same staff, except their stuff said security. So yeah, sometimes you'll get a client who will request specific shirts, specific items. I knew one, I got a free pair of boots out of it. Um, they wanted them all to wear 5'11 tactical boots. So they bought them, but once they're on your feet, they don't want them back. It's not like a shirt where it's like, all right, you know, you weren't working for us for very long. We'll have this laundered and cleaned and, you know, we'll give it to someone else. They don't want the boots back. So I got a pair of $80 boots for free. That was kind of nice. Hall Security Professional Services. And my name is here. Um, the only thing on the plate, I have a pen. Sometimes I have two. My body cam, my flashlight, what I like to use um, on the back, obviously, it's nothing. It just say executive protection again in the back. My duty belt is very, very simple, guys. Like I said, this is an unarmed post, so I don't have a lot of stuff on here, but I have enough. Your uh, plate carrier and your duty belt doesn't need a lot of stuff. It just needs necessities. Do you need 20 cans of pepper spray on your duty belt? No. Do you need backup pepper spray in maybe your vehicle or your office? Yes, yes you do. Uh, on average, I would say I carry two cans of pepper spray on a duty belt, and then I'll have a reserve can or like a quick grab can in a certain pocket. And usually it's a small can, like those little tiny ones, and that'll be just maybe I'm in a struggle and I can't get to the can on my belt, so I've got this hidden can that's small in a pocket just somewhere else that my offhand can get to really easily and more often than not I found I've used the offhand uh, pepper spray because I've also found reaching for your tools sometimes initiates a fight so I've used my offhand one my kind of like concealed pepper spray I guess you could say uh, but he's right. You don't need a lot of stuff on your plate carrier or on your belt. Uh, you just need what's necessary. And it has to be comfortable, too. So he's very minimalist on what he's got going on with his plate carrier. He has the patches he's required to have on them. That's fine. He has his body cam. Good idea. He's using the Molly system. That's like a webbing system for you to weave things into your gear. And he's using that to hold some pens as well as hold a flashlight, a little L-shaped flashlight. And that's a great positioning and place for it. He can utilize the flashlight to illuminate for his body cam or to keep things lit up while he's working. He doesn't have to aim his flashlight by his hand at anything or anybody. 
So real smart of him to do it that way. Get the job done. Now, you can um, add a taser or a pepper ball gun um, on this if you want. But um, on this particular setup for this 55 plus community, um, security badge, flashlight, a pair of cuffs. Here in the front, I have my handcuff keys. More cuffs here. They Smith and Wesson, by the way. OC spray. That's it. Nothing else, guys. Basic setup for the job. It works. It gets the job done. Um, now, um, like I said, you can add a taser and a pepper ball gun, one or the other, or however you want to do it. You can also add another OC spray here on the uh, plate carrier, but just one, guys. So um, that's it, guys. Basic setup. Just want to show you um, the look for the 55 plus community, guys. Obviously, you guys know that I have a video out pretty much stating that I have different looks, uh, different gear that I use uh, depending on the job, guys. So um, uh, this plate carrier that I'm using is, is lightweight. Um, this is not the full size one. This one is pretty much mid on up heart chest area all that stuff is covered so yeah that's it for this one guys so uh yeah yeah it's minimalist and it works it's effective he doesn't need a huge plate carrier system you know his kit covers his vital organs he still has full range of mobility it's a good setup it, it doesn't you don't need to go in there looking like your mechanized warrior okay even if you're doing armed you know carry your plate carrier that you're going to need because you got to think about this you're going to be walking around in that all day okay now maybe you work out a lot hey good for you but even if you do you're carrying around all that weight all day long maybe you get into a scuffle now you're tired and you still got to finish your day or maybe you're tired from doing that all day and at near the end of your shift you have to chase somebody down so it's already heavy and so you're adding on more weight and you're adding on gear that's going to wear out your belt. You're adding on gear that's going to chafe and rub against things. Hell, I knew a guy that he had too much pepper spray on one side and when he went and turned and sat in his vehicle, it unclipped the pepper spray and he sprayed himself in the side. He had too much gear. It was just inconvenient. It wasn't working for him. And, you know, he thought it was great. I have all this gear. I'm good to go. I can do anything and everything with all this gear. Too much gear way too much gear be a little minimalist about it have the stuff you need and you're going to adjust based on certain sites and based on your experience and based on your own comfort and that's fine but just use what you're going to need you don't need to load up with like 10 20 cans of pepper spray on your duty belt maybe you know two to four cans your baton your stun gun or taser or if you're using you know a firearm and add or decrease based on your experience, your needs, and your comfort. Like if you're in an area where you know you're using pepper spray like every damn week, maybe you do need a few extra cans. But if you don't, maybe you just need only one or two. You know, it's always good to have a backup. Pepper spray actually goes really quick, so it, it's good to have a backup can. So maybe go with two, two minimum. And then everything else, you know, you would just adjust for what you need. Do you have a pepper ball gun? Do you have an actual gun? Do you have a baton? Do you have a taser? Do you have a stun gun? You know, what, what are the needs of those? Do they need to be recharged? So you have to be cognizant of that. Do you have a big old mag flashlight? You know, do you have batteries in it? Is that a rechargeable one? You just got to, you know, take care of your gear. Be a little minimalist about it. You know, you know, just use what you're going to use because I've seen so many gear junkies on it where they're overloaded and then they never get to use any of that stuff you know a guy who was just like so overweighted with it, he never got to chase the guy down and he actually lost like something actually bounced off of his uniform I don't remember what it was but it was some part of his gear and while he was running he lost it so not only was he carrying too much it wasn't secured properly either which you learn that by just walking around with your gear and interacting with it, using it. So if he's not using it, but he's so blade down, what's the point, right? Why, why are you doing that to yourself? 
And it also sets a weird perception, uh, not just from other guards, but also by cops and even by other patrons in the area. Like, holy crap, why does he have all this stuff? Is this area safe? Now, that's a common one you're going to get with customers and patrons. Oh my God, security, is the area safe? Is it okay to be here? I saw you put up that like sign and I saw you put up some of that caution tape and it's like, yeah, it rained and we don't want people to slip. So we put up some caution tape. People really don't have situational awareness. Some people do, but you're gonna find that a lot of uh, your customers and patrons that are operating on property you're supposed to be securing do not think for themselves. Uh, very sheep-like mentality. And you'll see this with event security a lot. I think I've said this example before, but a good one is you'll have five lanes of people accepting tickets and doing bag checks. And people line up at the first one, because hey, it's close. And then the people who come in after them see the line and they go, oh, well, I guess I'm supposed to line up here. And everyone ignores lane two through five. Those four other lanes over there that are open, ready to accept people, everyone ignored because they got in line behind everyone else. It is what it is. Nothing you can do about it. It's just people being people. Oh, here's a line. Oh, yeah, I, I can see I could move over there, but I'm already in line, so I'm just gonna stay right here. This is my spot. It's just something people do. I think that's where we'll end today's episode. So thank you all for listening. And as always, keep your head on a swivel and stay safe out there.